Greetings. Welcome to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. This is an occasionally debatably comedic podcast about mysticism, spirituality, magic, recovery. And this season, season seven, lucky number seven, we're going through the practical and magical uses of herbs, roots, and spices. Today's root of the day is ginger. And yes, my dear friends, we have a very special episode of A Thousand Serious Moves this day, week, month, year, whenever it is that you're listening. It's very special. Today, I am joined by my friend and guest, herbalist, and owner of Ocotillo Botanica here in far out west Marfa, Texas. Her name is Alexis Smith. If I had an applause button, we would be here. I'm clapping at the desk. So yes, Alexis has a certification as an herbalist and she owns Ocotillo Botanica where we, I also, I help her out there on occasion and where we do tarot readings and she does workings with plants, plant spirits and consults with clients in working with the plants in assisting them in their journeys and that's really vague but if you go to ocotillobotanica.com there will be more information there and I'll go ahead and do a spoiler alert that there is a promo code for a thousand serious moves listeners where if you go to ocotillobotanica.com and any purchase that you make you can get 10% off your purchase with the promo code seriously10 as in the number 10 as in seriously 10. So that's fun. And there's no video companion to today's episode because it camera wise, it just didn't make sense logistically to set up. Um, but I know that you will still enjoy this episode. We talk about the significance of getting rooted and grounded and how to <clears throat> practically root ourselves so that we have a strong foundation in our journeys. And we also talk about ginger, of course, and lots of other fun things in between. If you're new to a thousand serious moves, or if you're old, subscribe, share, and leave a review. I have so many listeners to this podcast, but the reviews seem to be needing more listeners to leave reviews. So please do on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And then as always, you can book a tarot reading with me at marymarfa.com. And I have lots of new oils and talismans available on there. And I'm adding new things every day. So marymarfa.com. And then obviously, ocotillobotanica.com for even if you want all kinds of things, check it out. We use the promo code seriously10. And without further ado, here is a lovely conversation with my dear friend and herbalist, Alexis Smith. Enjoy. So here we are with Alexis Smith the owner of Ocotillo Botanica, where I work. Um, my listeners know about the shop because I'm always trying to wrangle them in. And, um, you know, they know that I'm a amateur, you know, herbalist, you know, and you're an actual herbalist, uh, actual certifications here in your office. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a blessing to see you blossom and to see this like flourishing and your expansiveness into the herbal realm is like just fills my heart with so much joy oh well thank you yeah 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 last week I was like oh it'd be fun to have Alexa like I hear I'm going through the herbs like really it's just <laughs> for fun you know and also like if somebody catches something like oh cayenne or speeds things up or whatever then that's fun too and then I'm like oh I actually like work at an herbalist shop and <laughs> so that would be fun to have you on yeah. just to talk about 
you know, the work that you do and uh, our herb of the day is ginger. So we will eventually talk about our friend Ginger um, and talk about the shop and just kind of let the conversation naturally flow as it does. We spend basically all weekend talking, so it's very yeah. easy for us to <laughs> just talk. It'll be very fluid. Yeah. <laughs> So usually when I do have a guest on, I like to ask them about their spiritual background and sort of like their upbringing. And so, you know, maybe we could just start there of like, were, were you raised Christian or, you know, how has your spiritual life evolved? Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. So I was raised very like Christian conservative household. We started out, um, in like a non-denominal, non-denominal, non-denominational, no, no, no wow, <laughs> <laughs> um, in a non-denominational realm, which is like the worst place to start, I think, because there's like no cohesiveness anywhere, mm. so um, it was a lot of chaos and like bouncing around different churches and a lot of like... I have to say from the very beginning, um, I never felt comfortable. I always kind of felt like I was going to burst into flames at any moment. Um, and we bounced through like several other different actual denominations. My dad was like, he grew up in a very Christian household and he would like go through these waves of, of different things that he thought were important. <laughs> so we bounced around a lot. Um, we finally ended up in, when I was a teenager, we ended up in the Episcopal Church. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's quite a transition from non-denominational <laughs> to Very Episcopal. Very big <laughs> transition. But even in that way, it's like a lot of the, like, stuff which is constantly shoved down our throats constantly constantly my brother and I we would like have to sit at the dinner table and read the bible out loud all together every night and go through the entire book of common prayer every day and it's like exhausting you know but even then in all of that having like that structure it was really interesting going from a completely non-structured um, viewpoint to an overly structured viewpoint and knowing throughout that whole time that the common thread was, I do not belong here. Mm. <laughs> um, so it wasn't until I moved here to Marfa, well, Fort Davis technically, um, like eight years ago, that I finally got that like actual freedom of being my own person because mm. when I moved out here I was the foreman for the Blue Mountain Trail Vineyard and it was literally just me and the and the ravens like that's it <laughs> it was just us so I got a lot of alone time and that was when I really kind of started to push the envelope you know <clears throat> and then my parents at the time were living in Alpine because they had my dad had just gotten a job as the um the engineer for the radio station. So that's what he does. He's a radio engineer. And um, I, I was in this car accident. I should not have survived this car accident. It was brutal. I remember it was the week before Easter Sunday. And we were driving through the Paisano Pass, which just gets like crazy windy. And this big gust of wind came through. It was me and a friend of mine. This big gust of wind came through and picked up the truck and threw it out into the desert. The wind? The wind. Can you file that in insurance? Or no. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's an act of God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we rolled. I mean, it was so slow. It was so still that like I had time to consciously count the number of times the roof hit ground and in between tell myself to stay calm yeah but having that moment of like there's nothing you can do just sit here ride it out don't tense up don't force it just yeah. let it happen we rolled eight times 
and somehow both of us survived. Um, my friend was way more beat up than I was. I just had like glass in my scalp, you know. Oh, is that all? <laughs> it was, that was it. Just, like, my mom is pulling glass out of my scalp for days. But I remember that experience being so wild and just being so present and still. And the entire time in that moment, not once did I think, God, please save us now. Yeah, you weren't afraid. Not a single moment. I was not afraid in that moment, which was really unusual. It was very very interesting for me. And then it was after that that I was like, I've got to get away from this. Like, this is not, this fear-based religion is not who I am. Mm. And so, yeah, I started out in this weird, just like grasping onto every little thing I could find touching all the sources, learning as much as I possibly could. And then that led me to where I am now, which is still a, like, <laughs> like so many different things, but yeah, I feel like I don't quite fit under an umbrella. <laughs> yeah, it's unfolding. And also because those of us who are raised in a Christian framework sometimes we then feel like we have to fit within another framework. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if we are divine, which we are, and we are beyond the religion, then why can't we take what we like and what works for us? Mm -hmm. And that's, I like an aspect of chaos magic is like, does it work? Yeah. You know, like, does this actually work for me? It's like, what is the point of doing all these rituals or whatever if, it, if you're not seeing any type of results? Or what's the point of, you know, learning a particular religion or subscribing to a particular path if it doesn't resonate? It's like, it, we don't have to obey. And that's mm -hmm. part of the freedom of breaking out of the programming that we're raised with is that we have freedom to choose today. Yeah. I remember... Um... I guess this was a couple couple months ago when I was reading um, Earth Power by Scott Cunningham, um, and there was this uh, thing that he said in the book at the beginning, like in the in the introduction. He says um, something along the lines of like many people in the Wicca tradition are, are trying to be like you know oh it's this way or no other way. It's like you have to do it this way. It has to be like this, which is a very like Christian mindset, but. In reality, it's like, at the end of the day, do whatever you want. <laughs> and he says that in the book where he's like, I'm going to give you some ideas. Roll with it. Yeah, and that's so good. I heard recently talking about how magic evolves too and that it's part of our role to help the evolution of magic. And mm -hmm. so even older systems that we can pull from, which... Most of what we receive now in terms of grimoires or traditions, I mean, most of them are broken, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in the Western tradition, we're having to cobble together things and be like, does this work? Does this work? But there's also a freedom and a beauty in that because then we can facilitate the evolution of magic. And part of that path for me, and I know for you too, is, you know, working with the land and, mm -hmm. You know, not just being stuck in this, uh, you know, magical circle of, you know, an insulated experience, but that we're being trained to also get outside and work with the land and get to know the herbs and how they are alive and want to help us and we can help them too. And so I'm actually interested in your experience when you were working in the vineyard with the ravens. Do you have any experiences that, or stories that come to you from that? Um, I mean, there is one, one particular, well, a couple of, of stories that were very much like, oh, this is like a place where you have to rely on the signs and the like omens that the land gives you. Because if you don't, you're going to die. Um, and then there's also a funny story that was kind of comical involving the ravens. But I remember one because I had my dog, Rhodey, with me. 
and every morning we would go up to the top of the mountain and we would drink coffee and just watch the sunrise before we went to work and this one particular morning we were going up the mountain and I saw this like shape this like big dark shape that I hadn't noticed before <laughs> so I was like, what the heck is that and my first instinct was oh no that's a bear uh, we should go back down the mountain but then it turned and it was the biggest javelina I've ever seen in my life mm. I mean huge this thing was probably like I don't know 300 pounds at least it was Whoa. massive Whoa. it was a huge javelina that's I mean I thought it was a bear it was so big yeah bear size yeah bear size javelina <laughs> <laughs> and javelina alone are very scary creatures because they're mean and they're territorial and I remember like having this moment of like we cannot run because it will chase us so I, what I need to do right now is keep the dog calm and go the other direction in a calm way. And I remember in that moment, like, being very connected to the earth beneath my feet and knowing, like, okay, this is a safe place to step where the rocks won't crumble and draw attention. Like, that aspect of utilizing the earth as a protective force to keep you out of harm's way really interesting to look back at that like oh that's what happens when you're grounding <laughs> like that's really cool um and then an, a fun story that is a little bit less dangerous was I had this um this bracelet that an ex who I was supposed to move here with had given to me and this was before we broke up so it was like a very important bracelet I was like spent a lot of money on this nice gift and one day I had finished working and was like lost the bracelet oh no uh -oh. <laughs> I have lost the bracelet this is bad and I searched everywhere that I had been that day I couldn't find it anywhere and finally um, I just gave up and the next day went out to work and was still kind of like looking around for it still not finding it and one of the ravens came down onto the the post next to me because they were used to me at this point they were like that's the person that lives here we're friends um, <laughs> but it came and like landed on the on the post uh, a little ways down and I remember saying to it all right raven you know where it is. I know <laughs> yeah. you do. I yeah. know you know where this is. Um, if you don't mind bringing it back to me, this is an important thing. Mm. And I swear to you, this raven looked right at me, and I heard the word or the words, "It is no longer important." And I was just like, "That's not true." <laughs> like, um, tell that to my boyfriend. Like, that's not true. <laughs> Bring it back. Yeah. Um, so the next day was Super Bowl Sunday. So I wasn't working that day, but I, we were going over to the neighbors to have a party because they liked the Super Bowl, and we were like, all right, we'll hang out. Um, and <laughs> I walked out into the vineyard 10 steps out, and there was the bracelet laying right there on the ground. I was like, okay, thank you, Raven. Thanks for bringing that back to me what the heck yeah so that night at the party i get a phone call from my boyfriend at the time who gave me the bracelet oh no and he gave me this like horrible like bullshit excuse um of Listen, like you know it was good it was good he was like i joined the army and they're shipping me off to italy and i'm gonna be gone for seven years and what it's like first of all like... my brother just got out of basics that's not how that works um, <laughs> but okay, whatever, man, Quite a tale. you do you. And then I'm sitting there with this bracelet that I had just found. And it was like, the Ravens were right. Yeah. It is no longer important. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need this anymore. Mm. Um, so that was really interesting in that way, connecting with the land and with the animals of the land, because 
there's nothing else out there and you're just so immersed in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are no people, there's no, like, technology doesn't even work out there. Um, there's, like, we had a radio and that was it. There was, like, no television, there's no internet. Like, yeah. So being so disconnected from society and shifting to being, like, super connected with the land was like kind of mind-blowing it's really crazy yeah it seems like that would be really formative in your growth of especially in that transition from the structured religion to connecting with our mother yeah Mm. and I have been working on as you know a lot of grounding for a while now Mm. you know and it's something that this week I've really put a concerted effort into (laughs) where it's like this week root chakra Mm. and I downloaded a biofield tuning where she cleans out the root chakra it's Mm -hmm. three different hour-long recordings so it's like that that plus yoga focused on the root chakra and then being like, oh, and then ginger just happens to be the, you know, the herb of the week or the root of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's something that, you know, I had heard in the biofield tuning, she was talking about how a lot of us live up in the like upper part of our bodies mm-hmm. because we are like in our heads and we're in our technology and you know, so disconnected from the mother and thinking about being away from technology and how healing that is because we as humans for our entire evolution have had a connection to the earth and Mm -hmm. to the land. And then just over the past like century or two post-industrial revolution, have we become, you know, much more disconnected from just the natural cycles of things? And so I guess I wanted to ask you, like, what is your take on, um, you know, how do you feel whenever the, you feel the difference between being connected with the earth and whenever you are feeling anxious or all in your head like how do you know whenever you're not grounded Mm. I always like to for anyone who's ever had a tarot reading with me I probably said this at some point but I like to think of that in terms of because it's easy to relate to imagery wise I like to relate to a plant or a flower and how if you plant a seed and then it just shoots straight up out of the ground and blooms immediately as soon as the wind blows it's just going to knock right over Mm. but if you plant the seed and then it sends its roots down deep into the earth and then it starts to rise up out of the ground well when the wind comes that plant's not going anywhere we have this uh this funny little plant that grew uh, a jalapeno seed that grew in our in our sink in the like oh, in the dish drying side of our sink, and huh. I was like, "What are you doing there?" <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so good. And it at the time it didn't have any roots formed because it's growing out of the sink. So I just popped it out, put it into the ground, and yesterday I was spending time weeding the garden, and it was still there. Like it had it had dug in mm. its roots and settled into the earth. Mm. So that's a good way to think about when you are ungrounded. As soon as something happens. The moment chaos comes in, you're going to fall right down. As soon as someone is in a bad mood, as soon as um, you snag your shirt on the corner of the table, as soon as something silly happens that can possibly shift your energy, you're going to feel it. But it's funny because when you're grounded... When you take the time to really settle in, in that moment where you snag your shirt on the door or whatever, you kind of go, oh, I should slow down. (laughs) Or someone says something that is um, offensive or aggressive, you're just like, man, 
too bad. <laughs> like, I, it's easier to hold space and to be in your integrity when you're grounded. You're, you're more able to separate your reality from everyone else's reality. Mm. Yeah, and a few things are coming up when you're saying that, which is that how the earth can be protective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the tarot, you know, the four uh, suits, you know, the earth is the pentacle, which is the shield. And so mm -hmm. that's also our ancestors mm -hmm. work as the shield and they protect us. And so thinking about having our roots grounded so that we're not blown over, that is a form of protection mm -hmm. and shielding. And also... You know, myself, my listeners, everybody knows I'm in recovery. And a lot of my listeners are in recovery. And the root chakra is oftentimes, like when it's out of, out of balance, associated with addiction, mm -hmm. eating disorders, you know, all this stuff that I have, a, I have a background in. And so now as I'm starting to heal this aspect of myself and seeing like, yeah, today it came up like, what are your coping mechanisms? Because now it's like, I'm not smoking. I'm not, you know, it's like I'm, I'm gradually let go of these things one at a time. And so now it's like, how do I cope when shit happens? Like, how do I cope whenever someone says something mean or they have a bad attitude or I snag my shirt? Something goes awry of like the significance of being rooted to be able to let the wind pass by and you just kind of go with the wind and then you just let it pass mm -hmm. yeah i uh it's funny i i did a, a reading for someone this morning who's who's traveling and the the theme that kept coming in was like you know when you're traveling it's hard to be rooted it's hard to stay grounded because you're going to so many different places and that can be the same in like our daily lives that we're moving around doing all of these different things and we think that we have to be in one place to be grounded. Like we have to be in this little container that we've created. But in reality, wherever we touch the earth, we are grounded. Mm. Wherever we are, I mean, you can even ground in an airplane. Like if you, <laughs> if you yeah. can connect to the earth, you can be grounded. And thinking of it like, the imagery that came up particularly for this reading was was papyrus in like blowing in the wind mm. of like all of the chaos is swirling around you like a raging wildfire but you're in the eye of the storm and you're just kind of swaying with the wind mm. because your roots are deep and you're not going anywhere i love the imagery of roots being connected too. Mm -hmm. Like in 12 step, we often say that the opposite of addiction is connection. And even in the Kabbalah, there's that notion of, you know, what, it's your sewed, right? That's like whenever you're, it's like being connected is like when it's out of imbalance, then you're in addiction. And so thinking about the roots being connected, how if it, there's a tree that is not getting enough nourishment, then the other trees in the system mm -hmm will send their nourishment to it. And so the importance of being connected to fellow travelers, whether they're you know friends or recovery or a therapist or family, that these are all aspects of us feeling connected and feeling rooted. Yeah, yeah, that's really thinking about the, the mycelial networks, the, the ground. Um, I had this profound journey with reishi when I first started working with psychic herbalism that they showed me <clears throat> the, like, the web of the cosmos and then also the like connections in our brain and then the mycelial network and they're all exact copies like they, they're all exactly the same so our beings within the interconnectedness in our brain have the same wiring as the interconnectedness beneath the earth, which has the same wiring as the interconnectedness in the cosmos. It's like a beautiful example of 
the microcosm within the microcosm within the macrocosm that it's like yeah all the same thing and those connections within our brains are also connected to all of the other connections you know Mm. it's like this crazy map there's there's no way to separate them even when we are not consciously grounded our consciousness is still inside of our body so we can only get so far yeah which is really profound to think about but it's still a vital importance to to consciously connect in with that network beneath the ground it has so much information for us mm-hmm. and so much energy that we can utilize as a source when we're feeling a little off balance when yeah. we're feeling a little out of sorts we can work with the energies of the earth to help restore us in that way as well yeah first i'll say i was netzak not yasod and then second mm-hmm. um and then second is that in practicing the biofield tuning is that she talks about um, how we accumulate dirty electricity in our bodies because we're not rooted to the earth. Mm -hmm. And so when we walk around, so you'll notice me, I'm like doing more barefoot, like Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, or wearing, if you're wearing shoes that have uh, rubber soles, like Mm -hmm. that all of these things kind of trap a lot of that electricity and noise that we're getting in and the importance of connecting with the earth to clear out a lot of that energetic junk that we just accumulate throughout the day, like being under fluorescent lights mm-hmm. or especially with Wi-Fi. I mean, you know, all the signals that we're getting that are passing through. It's, it's, it's amazing that we're like even able to function as human beings at, at this point with the amount of like electricity and signals that are coming through. So then you know, my next question then would be like, how do we root? How do we connect to the earth? What are some techniques that you use? Yeah, so there are a thousand ways to ground. Um, (laughs) I mean, beyond as many stars as there are in the sky. Um, And it can be as much of a ritual, as much of a ceremony as you want it to be, or it can be as simple as just standing outside barefoot for five minutes and just making that conscious connection with like your bare feet. At the base of our feet, we have um, my teacher, Emily Hamilton of the Institute for Psychic Herbalism. She lovingly referred to them as the feet chakras. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, but technically they're called the earth star. Yes. And these two points anchor our physical body into the physical body of the earth. So by consciously being aware of that connection, that is an act of grounding. Just ca- so just simple. Bringing your awareness just like bringing to your it. awareness to it. Um, my favorite grounding method though is just a, a simple grounding cord meditation, which can be again like a five minute meditation or it can be a three-hour meditation depending on how deep you want to go I've done both and they're equally as powerful Um, but just settling into the energies of the earth and visualizing a tether between your root chakra at the base of your spine running all the way down to the center of the planet and sitting with that connectedness And you can take it a step further and envision all of the tension in your body as sand. We envision sand because it's it's easy to release like an hourglass. Envisioning all of that tension as sand and releasing it down your grounding cord all the way into the center of the planet so that that energy can be recycled. It creates a, a connection of reciprocation where it's not just like I'm taking energy from the earth, I'm also giving energy to mm, the earth. Mm-hmm. It's all about that cycle. And we can't just like take, 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 take because mm. it's not technically ours to take. We are the earth's to take. I mean, we are the earth. So right. it's really important to remember and to be conscious about that when we're doing this work. It's not that we're taking something from the earth. 
It's that we are making an offering of our time. We're making an offering of our energy. We're making an offering of our bodies and our consciousness to the earth so that we may be of better service. Mm. We ground so that we can show up better for all of our relations Mm. so that we can do better at work without getting frustrated with all the clients that drive us insane or go to the grocery store without getting overwhelmed by the amount of people that are there so that we can get food for our families or having a tough conversation with our significant other and holding space in a loving way and not lashing out in anger. When we are in a grounded place, again, think about that stability of the plant that is rooted. As these things are happening to us, we can kind of move around with it. We can shift. We can adjust our point of view, shift our perspective, and approach the situation in a more loving way. And even think, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And also thinking about the foundation, right? Like the foundation of a home. I know it's a really simple metaphor, but it's always Mm -hmm. good to be reminded is that if the foundation isn't strong, then the house is going to get unsettled over a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And thinking about the slowness of really getting those roots deep and Mm -hmm. how, especially in our society, we want to see results now, right? Like I want to light a candle and then have money in the bank the next day, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is that you're wanting to manifest. But it's there's a bigger, you know, cycle that's happening that when we plant the seeds, we don't we might not see the flowers for 3 months after mm-hmm. we planted them. And so then we practice to continue watering the seeds even when we don't see we're not just like oh it's been a week of me being positive let me just you know forget it it didn't Mm -hmm. work but having that faith of continuing to nurture and to wait and trust that a longer amount of time that we're still growing even when we're not seeing the results Mm -hmm. right away and then we can look back and see as time goes forward like wow I have grown and I have evolved and just remembering like even in you know in my personal relationship I talk about my personal life a lot on the podcast Mm -hmm. and you know in my personal relationship where this is a healthy relationship that's growing slowly Whereas normally at this point, we've been together like six or so months. Normally at this point, it's like, all right, let's move in together, you know? And then I had done a reading on it that was like, this is, we're in this for like the slow game. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, because we're building a relationship from the ground up. And we want to make sure that we're communicating our needs and communicating boundaries and respecting boundaries and really integrating all the work that I've been doing on myself into this relationship. Yeah. I love that. That's funny. I knew you were about to share something vulnerable, and that's why I added cedar to the cauldron. I was like, this is a moment. Yeah, thank <laughs> I'm you. I'm lay down some cedar for you. Um, yeah, I love to, to think about it in the frame of, of forgiveness. Mm. Because when we think about forgiveness, like the act of saying you forgive someone is not the totality of forgiveness. Like that does, it's not the end. Mm. And um, someone said to me that the idea of tending to forgiveness is that it's slow, you know, it takes time. Mm. And we may still harbor a lot of anger or frustration or resentment about whatever it was that happened. And we have to continuously meet that forgiveness over and over and over again just like those roots digging down into the earth we have to okay we hit a rock over here so let's start sending some roots over this way and balancing out and we have to continuously rise to that and adapt to it 
it's not like it just happens immediately as soon as we say it. You know, it takes time and devotion. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with, with groundings. Like we can ground one time and call it a day. But then like five minutes later, <laughs> we might yeah. need to ground again. Yeah. Um, because we just have to continue. I mean, we're cyclical beings. We live in every moment is a different moment of the cycle. And we may be feeling completely different than we did 10 minutes ago, you know? So we have to continuously adapt that and rise to it and, and tend to it. Just like the slowness, like you said, mm. of, of just taking our time. Because when you look at a garden, you may have planted all the seeds at the same time. But even if they're the same plant, one may have sprouted a little bit earlier than the other one. Yeah. Because it's in different, slightly different soil, like a foot away from the other one. Mm. And so they're growing at different heights and different angles. And, and this one over here is blooming, but that one over there is only like a couple inches tall. So that's how it is with people too Mm -hmm. like we can't judge our growth based on the growth of others yeah Um, we have to let ourselves take time yeah in 12 steps we say there's a defect of character that we call compare and despair it's like (laughs) a pattern you know you're scrolling through you know instagram and then you're just comparing yourself to other people and then despairing about, oh, they have, you know, and that's mm-hmm. like a very, very toxic feeling and we feel it because it doesn't make us feel good. Yeah. And I'm thinking about the image you were mentioning of, so obviously we're growing marigolds, right? And so mm-hmm. um, most of the marigolds that I have that are, are coming up are orange. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a couple yellow ones and you're like, that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yes, like some people might be like orange marigolds where they're growing faster and there's mm. more of them and they seem to be growing stronger. But then there's like the sideways growing <laughs> yellow marigold mm. that you're like, where did you come from? Yeah. And, you know, it is a very serious practice of not comparing mm-hmm. and really just letting life happen as we are going with it I mean for me in addiction and in doing comedy it was all Mm -hmm. the like ego driven and like trying to prove and very depleting very like resentment driven and as you were talking about resentments I've been learning recently that they're carried in the liver, Mm -hmm. which is how uh, the first and second chakra chakra are connected. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that we're talking about forgiveness and releasing resentment in this area of the first and the second chakra. Mm -hmm. I have a grand sponsor who I learned that some days when things are going really awry, and her husband's pissing her off and traffic and da-da-da, that she'll just say to herself, today is forgiveness day. Mm. And sometimes I say that to myself where it's just like, today I forgive everybody. Like, today I forgive. Mm. It is such a practice because it's like, it's like releasing a grit where you're just like, okay. It's like, it takes a second to kind of let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, I love that. Today is forgiveness day. Let's make every day forgiveness Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I feel like I have to say that a lot um, at home where I'm just like, yeah, (sighs) everything is chaos. It is not my fault. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that's really powerful. It's really profound. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. So then, you know, speaking of roots, you know, why not let's talk about ginger since you are an herbalist with the certification and everything. (laughs) Um, So, you know, what do you know about ginger? I mean, ginger is probably one of the first herbs that anyone learns when they start down the herbal path. 
because it's so well known, um, primarily for its digestive support. Um, it's interesting because when we think of the liver, we think of fire, and ginger helps to stimulate the digestive fire, mm. which is really powerful. Um, I mean, even like when we took the ginger tincture before we sat down, it's like, ooh, that's spicy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's very hot. Um, it's very warming. It's very, like, it's just powerful stuff. And it can help to not only, like, settle your digestive system, but when you're having a hard time digesting something or when you're having a hard time, um, like, you, you just have, like, an excess of cold in your digestive system, mm. if that makes sense. It can help to stimulate that fire and get the process going. Yeah. Um, I like to recommend working with ginger after you've had, like, a really heavy meal because when you eat a lot of food, then suddenly you're like, oh, I have no energy left. Yeah. <laughs> and your body is working so hard to digest everything that you just consumed that you don't have energy to walk away from the table. And ginger can help to come in and support that process so that you can get up and wash the dishes before they get gross, you know? Um, and it also can help to combat nausea. Mm -hmm. Um, which everybody knows you, you got an upset stomach, drink some ginger ale. Yeah. <laughs> Chew on some yeah, ginger exactly. candies. Yeah. Um, but then it can also be used topically to help ease joint pain and muscle pain. Um, it's again, very, very warming. So it has this ability when you use it topically to, bring the blood to the surface of the skin and release tension in your muscles and your joints. It can help to soothe inflammation taken orally or used externally. Um, I mean, ginger is just great. It's also an aphrodisiac. Yes. Which is super fun. We, we, love, we love aphrodisiacs. Yes, we do. We love some <laughs> sexy time. Um, yeah, I mean, Because it's so heating and it's yes. associated with the kind of root, the first mm -hmm. and the second chakra. Yeah. So it's obviously, correspondingly, would be stimulating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then another thing that, like, we were talking about before we sat down is I suffer from uh, Raynaud's syndrome, which basically is, like, my circulatory system in my extremities is kind of out of whack and so anytime I'm, I'm cold or my body perceives cold in any way I can't feel my fingers and my toes and ginger is a really lovely ally that you can work with to help bring that heat and improve circulation it can help to improve your heartbeat by moving the blood through your body mm -hmm. um, though it is really important if you are on blood thinners to not take ginger because it can exacerbate your blood thinners and make you bleed out so we, we don't, we don't want to do that don't do that um, but yeah it can be really helpful when you're in a period of stagnation and you mm. need to get things moving in your spice body spice it up spice it up yeah yes yeah, yeah, I also have like some notes of some magical uses, mm -hmm. so I always go through like the practical and then the magical, and so like ginger can always be used and added to any sachets or magical workings that you're doing to help add some fire to it. Mm -hmm. In the same kind of way, physically, it can also be used magically to speed things along. Um, I even read today that um, you can eat ginger before you're going to do a magical working to add oomph to it, add mm -hmm. some power to it. And um, also it being it can be used in love. So it's similar, it's right? Mm -hmm. So like as you can use it as an aphrodisiac, then so too can you use it in love workings to like stimulate passion. So, I mean, if you had one of those candles that was like in the shape of a penis, right? And you're mm -hmm. like wanting to like kind of simulate that then you could use ginger and you could like roll it in the ginger rolling the candle towards you because mm -hmm. you want it to come towards you not yes. away right so <laughs> you know you'd anoint it with some oil 
you can already get like a visual (laughs) and then you're rolling it in some dried ginger right Mm -hmm. and then you could could add personal effects of the person or whatever but Mm -hmm. you know in a very like simple way we can start to see the logic of it yeah and then I did write one down that I thought was really funny that I would love to be able to try this is that if you're ever at sea and a storm is approaching that you can chew ginger and spit it in the direction of the storm to halt the storm. Well, I mean, that makes <laughs> sense because ginger can help with seasickness. So <laughs> that's, so maybe it's like a storm in your stomach, actually. So they're like, oh, actually, it means like a storm in your belly. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, and I've, I've even heard, thinking about the liver, thinking about... Um, that quality of, of supporting the digestive system and, and getting things moving, clearing things out, that you can utilize ginger as well as a talisman to clear out things that you're trying to get rid of, mm. um, which is really cool to see the magical properties overlapping with the physical properties. It's almost like it's meant to be that way. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost like it's not a coincidence, right? Yeah, I had um, also read that you can bury ginger for money workings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so thinking about roots, right? So like if you're starting a business and you want, you know, your business to grow strong and have strong roots, you know, if you have a physical location, mm-hmm. you could bury ginger outside the front door or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or if you just are working out of your house in your office, you know, you could bury it anywhere. You just have your intention set in that kind of place. Um, yeah. and related, but not, I've always heard about, uh, every new moon to like plant an acorn. This is like not whatever, but it's root related, root but related. To, uh, and every new moon to like plant an acorn for, to draw in money. So That's cute. Yeah. It's a cute like one. That. Yeah. And you'll have a army of trees at some point yeah and then you're like planting oak trees which is great yeah i love that (laughs) so let me just see if there's anything else that i really wanted to hit before we just talk about the shop and yeah i mean um let's talk about the shop so what is ocotillo botanica and what do you do and what do we do and all of that let's talk about it that's a lot (laughs) (laughs) um well, so Ocotillo Botanica started um, actually as Marfa plants because I was just growing plants in my shed and had way too many of them and needed something to call them because I was selling at the farmer's market. It was like, I have all these plants. It's Marfa. Marfa plants. Yeah. Um, but then I had this moment of realization as I was doing this that there are so many other uses for these plants and I'm sitting here growing them. So, you know, why not? And I remember getting one of the, the creosote salves from the get go. And it's like the creosote bush salve brand. Mm-hmm. And it just smells terrible. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's great. It's a wonderful product. I don't know if they're still making it or not, but, um, it smells like tar which is not pleasant. Mm-mm. It's not pleasant. I don't know how they captured that aspect of the plant. It's not a pleasant one. And I was like, there's got to be a way that I can make this not smell bad. Like, there's got to be a way. So I started experimenting and made my first batch of uh, creosote salve, and I took it to the farmer's market and sold all of them the same day and was oh like, huh, I'm kind of huh. good at this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this my whole life, and who knew I could make money doing it? Um, so then it, it, store, it sort of shifted from just selling plants at the farmer's market to, you know, all of these things that I was already doing for myself, well, I can make more and sell them to people at the farmer's market. So I was doing that for a couple of years and then it developed into Ocotillo Botanica. And then through a series of cosmic alignments, um, this space that we're sitting in now just sort of fell into my lap and that was what three three years ago almost three years ago it'll be three years ago in January um well actually I signed the lease three years ago this month so that's pretty cool Cool. (laughs) um so you signed the lease when Jupiter was in Sagittarius oh interesting 
how how auspicious. Yeah. <laughs> good. Huh. Well, that's interesting. That's great. Um. Yeah, I hadn't even looked at that. So, thank you for sharing that with me because that's that's pretty um, spot on. Because from there, it was like everything just sort of happened mm. um, and became what it is now. It started out as just an apothecary because I was kind of like easing into the community. I didn't really know what would be received well. But then my ex-business partner left her side of the shop and suddenly I had to fill all the space and was like, all right, we're doing it. Um, and so then it became what it is now, which is an apothecary and metaphysical shop. And now it's kind of gotten to this point where really it's just like whatever I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we have a little rack of vintage and here are these other things that I like. And also we sell magic and there are plants. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's funny because I was looking at um, some old drawings that I had done years ago, like years, years ago, like six years ago. And one of them was an exact image of this shop. Wow, I manifested that. <laughs> and going back cool. to thinking about how these things take time. Yes, yeah. they take time. This was like, I drew this like six years ago, mm. but it was, I mean, obviously it didn't have a name on it because I didn't know what I was doing. It was right before I started my business. Um, and I had my business for like three years before it became a shop. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to, to see that, that like you plant that seed and six years later, here we are in this crazy magical space. Yeah. Um, where we have the ability to like do magical workings for people. Literally. And I get to sit with people and create herbal formulas for them. And I get to you know, practice my psychic herbalism with people, which is like this beautiful modality of energy healing using the spirits of the plants. It's like so profound. And I get to do tarot readings for people and read birth charts for people and like all the things that my crazy ADHD brain is like, we have to do all of the things at once. <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I have a space to do it in. Mm -hmm. And there's like no limitation to that. Which I think is really, really cool. And that was a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. And I, I like it. I think it's beautiful. And so, like, if people are interested in doing any type, do you virtually work with people and the plants and sort of I do. Things? Yeah. Um, going back to my teacher, Emily Hamilton, um, when, when I was studying with her, she's, it was all virtual. This was, like, COVID times that, that we were, like, really heavy in this um this container study and and she's like fortunately for us energy is not bound by the laws of physics so yeah we can do energy work from wherever i mean do you have that on your website yes okay. yeah so that's all on the website which i'm sure you will put i will i will put it all in the show notes but go ahead and tell people also like your website instagram yeah yeah so the website you can find find at um, acatiobotanica.com and then i tried to keep it super simple so instagram is also just acatio.botanica Cool. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. But um, yeah, so check it out. Like, you could buy the ginger tincture. Is that yeah. for sale on the website? Yeah, it we is. Have, we have lots of really cool stuff, actually. Like, there's a whole range of herbal remedies and vintage and cool, like, chalices for your altar mm -hmm. and resins and all kinds of, mm -hmm. like, we, we make our own incense mm -hmm. here in store. And so there's just all kinds of. of beautiful range of spiritual supplies for people um and then we're gonna do a promo code yes yeah so. it is seriously 10 okay yes. cool so then if you're a thousand serious moves listener you can get 10 percent off your purchase with the promo code seriously 10 as in the number 10 yes. i'm assuming yeah and i'll put that in the show notes too so 
support Okatio Botanica, support Alexis and the work that she does. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Such a joy to sit with you in this way, in like (laughs) your sphere and not in my sphere. Yeah, right, right. Cool. Well, thanks. Amazing. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome.